Welcome to our evening service tonight. We're going to start with number 339. 339. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. 339. Let's stand please to sing. Come to the Lord now in prayer and seek His face for our service tonight. Father in heaven, we are thankful once more tonight that we're found in the place of prayer, in the house of praise. We ask, dear Father, that we might be very conscious of Your presence with us and the help of the Holy Spirit in our gathering. We pray, Father, for a deep work of conviction in every heart. We pray for those who are unsaved in our gathering or watching online. They might be very, very conscious of 
The Spirit of God speaking to them from the Word of Truth. And Lord, You would bring them by the effectual call and save their precious, never-dying souls. Father, we pray that each one of us as Your children will be very conscious of the Holy Spirit's presence here and that, Lord, the Scripture would speak to our hearts and that we would be built up in our most holy faith. And, dear Father, we would be conscious of the change taking place within our hearts whereby we are made more and more like unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, hear our prayers tonight. Pour out Your Spirit on us, we ask, and give us great grace. Thankful for Your hand upon us in so many ways, seen and unseen, and the protections that we have each day. And Lord, we acknowledge every temporal mercy and blessing from Your hand upon us, And we pray that we'll be appreciative and thankful and rejoicing every day in so great salvation. Lord, we are thankful tonight for Your continued hand upon those we have been praying for. For Brother Cranston, that he was able to speak the Word again today in Port Hope. And we pray that tonight Your hand will be upon our Brother Fraser as he speaks the Word there. Thankful, Lord, for all of our sister congregations. Bless each one of them, both here in our own land, in the United States, and all of our missionary stations in the churches in overseas in the UK and Australia. And Lord, we just commit every single detail into Your hand. Hear our prayers now tonight. Bless us, Lord, we ask. Pour out Your Spirit mightily upon each one so that we would know the speaking voice of the Holy Spirit to each one. Our Father, thankful for our sister Serene here tonight, and we again hold her up, Lord, praying for Your touch upon her body, to touch her eyes, to touch the rest of her health needs, and that she would rejoice in the Lord and not be cast down at all. We think too of our brother Ron. Thankful he's here tonight. Remember him, Lord. And pray for Richard Teo. Bless our dear brother in the needs that he has as well. And the seniors cannot be out at our service. Lord, pour out Your Spirit on them and bless them abundantly. And every single person in this fellowship that has some specific need, we commit our way, Lord, into Your hands. And how thankful we are, we can say with the Apostle, that my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, dear Father, hear our prayers tonight. Lift our spirits. Help us to draw from the Word of truth the things that are needful and necessary for us. Bless, we pray, our Christian school. We pray for Whitfield that you would ever be watchful, Lord, to guard and guide that ministry. Let not the devil get in in any way. Pour out Your Spirit, Lord, upon our student body. May there be a working deep of grace in every heart, in salvation 
and in a yearning and desire to go on with Christ. And Lord, that their lives will make a difference for the Master. Our Father, we pray for our teachers. We ask for Your blessing to be poured out upon them every single day. That they will know the joy in ministering, the joy in teaching, and that You would release from them the stresses that would be upon that ministry and, and, and service. Dear Lord, hear our prayer tonight. Be with us. Bless us in our time in our service and in the fellowship time afterward downstairs. And may everything that we do and say be to the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless our individual witness. Father, again, lead us Give us open doors of witnessing and serving. Use us to lead sinners to Christ. Bring in unsaved people into our church. And dear Father, help us to be living examples of Christ. And by our words, by our actions, Lord, by our behavior, be glorified through us, we ask. Bless us now. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Number 16 in our hymnal. Number 16, to God be the glory, the great things He hath done. We'll stand again as we sing.
fourth verse. To God be the glory, for the victory is won. Thank God that we are not fighting for the victory tonight, but we are living in the victory of Calvary, the victory of a resurrected Lord, and that is our joy and our hope. Our praise to the Savior has only begun because in heaven's radiant splendor we'll join with the throng and praise Him forever in jubilant song. What we are able to do here tonight, what we're able to do in the house of praise in lifting our feeble voices in thanksgiving and worship to the King of kings, well, in heaven we will all be able to praise Him without limitation. We'll all be able to worship our God without the vestiges of sin. And that will be a great and a blessed and a happy day. And so, as we have the privilege here and now from redeemed hearts and those that have been born of the Spirit of God, well, let's give to Him all that we have and all that we can. Singing this final verse. Turning, please, for our Bible reading tonight to John's Gospel, chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. The first 14 verses. Now actually, that's not correct. It's going to be John 1. That's what I intended. John chapter 1, the first 14 verses. Let's turn back a few chapters there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We know the Lord will bless His Word to our hearts as we have thought tonight and as we continue on in our service to worship and to magnify His name. It's good to have you in our evening worship service tonight. You're welcome here. And if you're with us for the very first time, or maybe you have come back again, you're very, very welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus. And we pray that your heart would be encouraged, you'd be edified by the Word of the Lord. And of course, if you're not a believer, whether you're in person or online, then our prayer is always, and the exhortation is to flee to Christ. Come to Him, that you might know joy and peace in your heart. You might know forgiveness of sins, and you would know that everlasting joy that there is to be in a relationship with Him. So, you're very welcome today. Thankful uh, for our Reverend Cranston, our brother Cranston. He was able to minister this morning in the service, and he's feeling much better. I was talking to him again this afternoon, and he's trusting the Lord is going to strengthen him even more to continue in the ministry of His Word. And so he is very, very appreciative for the prayers of God's people here uh, for him. So do continue to remember him and also Reverend Bodner in your prayers. The Lord's hand will be upon him. Brother Frank DiDerno has finished now his time in Fredericton. He's been there for three Lord's Days. God willing, he'll be back with us next uh, weekend. But do remember our brother and his wife as they travel home in the next couple of days from there, and that the Lord would be with His servant to lead him forward so that he knows the will of God for his future and where he should be ministering the truth. He'll be finishing up his internship here in Toronto at the end of the month of March, and so we pray that God's hand would be upon him and that he would know that blessing. If you would like to volunteer for the Pregnancy Care Center, we make this final announcement tonight, and you would be able to speak to one of our elders, specifically Brother Fraser, though he's not here tonight, but if you want to send him an email and uh, let him know you're interested, then we will put you on that list. Following our service tonight, we will be having a fellowship time downstairs in the basement, and everyone is invited and welcome. We hope you'll stay behind and just to have a, a little time of refreshment and good fellowship with the Lord's people. It's a great way to end the Lord's day. 
There will be the Bible study for Our Ladies on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., and that will be on Zoom only. And if you would like to get a link uh, for that, if you know someone you'd like to invite along to that fellowship and that Bible study, well, see our brother McAnally, and he'll be sure to give you that uh, Zoom link for that. Wednesday night, our Bible study and our prayer time. You know, when we think back to our week of prayer the last full week of January, well, it seems like the distant past now, but it's only been one month away. And uh, those times of prayer we had from Monday to Friday were a real blessing. And I do hope that you are continuing to hold up in prayer those requests that we had each night of that week. And the Lord would encourage our hearts. But as we continue on every week, uh, make sure that you're there, if at all possible, you can be there in person, and if you can't be there in person on Wednesdays, well, you're able to come and join online. We have that available on Zoom as well, and it's been a real blessing and encouragement to me to see how many folks are coming in person and also online, and so let's continue to keep the pressure on. Remember how Elijah kept sending his servant back up to look, has a cloud come yet? He was praying for rain. Has the cloud come yet? And he kept sending him back. But Elijah knew he was praying in the will of God and that answer would come. And as we pray upon the Word of the Lord, we pray on the exceeding great and precious promises that God has given to us, then we will see the answer coming. Let's not be weak in faith, but rather strong in faith, believing in Him, and let's keep pressing on in the time of prayer. Friday night is the gym fellowship in our school gymnasium from 6 to 9 p.m., and that's open to everyone in the congregation here to join along. Now, next Lord's Day are Sunday school classes for all ages, 9.50, and then our morning worship service at 11, and then following the service, next Lord's Day, we'll be meeting around the Lord's table for our communion time. Let's not forget to pray for our two advance main announcements. In the month of May, our Presbytery and Week of Prayer, and then in the month of August, our Young Adult Bible Conference. We're looking forward to the Lord meeting and blessing those meetings and our times together. Our offering plate is on the table out in the foyer. If the Lord directs you to make an offering to the work of God here, and certainly for our own regular members and attenders, your tithes and offerings, we pray always will be used wisely by the stewards and the elders and deacons of the church for the forwarding of God's kingdom and His work on our local church here, but also as we support missionaries and we see God's work going forward. Let us be much in prayer about these matters. Number 249, we're going to sing again to the Lord's praise. 249, oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Remain seated tonight while we sing.
we sing this final verse, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, love of every, love the best. Tis an ocean vast of blessing, tis a haven sweet of rest. And as I was listening to you singing, and also enjoying the accompaniment from our instruments here, it's been a blessing to hear that and to see and listen to the praise of God. Let's sing this final verse. had a request not too long ago that, well, sometime in the past, we used to have a monthly time of hymn singing at the close of a service, and uh, would we begin or maybe think about reinitiating that? And that's not a bad idea. I know the people of God, you love to sing His praises, and so we will have to put that on the agenda. If you did not pick up one of the LTBS magazines this morning on your way out, please do so, and when you're finished reading it, be sure to pass it along to a neighbor or friend. It's a form of outreach. And if you're visiting in the church tonight, please make sure you look at all of the uh, books and the booklets that are on our tables at the back, and please help yourself to all of them. Also, there are some gospel tracts there and I would encourage our people to take those tracts. They're free of charge, of course, as anything that's on the table, and make use of that in your own personal outreach that the Lord would bless the Word of God as it goes out. Please turn now in your Bibles again to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through Thine own name those whom Thou hast given Me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in Thy name. Those that Thou gavest Me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition that the Scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, 
And these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them Thy Word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that Thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that Thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. As Thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as Thou, Father, art in me, and I in Thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that Thou hast sent me. And the glory which Thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and Thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that Thou hast sent me, and hath loved me as Thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom Thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which Thou hast given me. For Thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known Thee, but I have known Thee. And these have known that Thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them Thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith Thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. We'll bow, please, for prayer. Father, hear us tonight as we have the Word open. Our prayer is that this Scripture would be open to our hearts and that we would be given divine light and help along our way. For Lord, we need help. We need, Lord, to be kept. And I pray 
that we will walk in a manner that is pleasing, Father, to glorify Your name and to honor our Savior. Lord, make use of us, we pray, in our lives for whatever time we have left to live. Help me to, tonight, Lord, to speak Thy truth plainly with the power of the Spirit so that no one would misunderstand. Lord, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. For the sake of those who may not be just as familiar with our services over this last while, we have been studying the Lord's Prayer in John chapter 17 as part of our study of the life of Christ. It is a very vast study. We are but scratching the surface of it. And when you come to a portion of the Word like this, as I shared with you, a ministerial brother said he felt it not easy to step out into a study like this, of which I agreed and I said I would likely have been reticent to do it as well had it not been in the course of our study. And our Savior has illustrated again and again the care and His love for His people in the manner and the content of His praying. And though His followers, they would receive the bitter hatred of the world upon them, they would be maligned. They would be persecuted by the world because, quite frankly, they were not of the world. They'd been saved by great and sovereign grace. And the Lord Jesus wanted them to have the joy that He possessed in His own heart. And it's hard to comprehend that, the joy that was set before Him. For at that very juncture of His life, Calvary, the cross, was just in front of Him. And He knew the cost of that. He knew what that would mean. But His prayers were not for Himself. His prayers and His concern were for His people. And He wanted them to be kept during their time upon this earth. It is sacred ground that we stand on in this portion. And Jesus, to reassure us, that we are also included along with His prayers for His disciples at that time, well, we're told in verse 20 that He prayed for us. He prayed for everyone who would believe on Him through the testimony of His apostles, His disciples, those whom God raised up to write the Scripture and to pass that along. 
We noted this morning that there are two main prayer requests in this chapter. The first one is Jesus praying that the Father would glorify Jesus, His own name, in order that the name of the Father would equally be glorified. And the balance of the chapter is dealing with the Lord's prayer that we would be kept because we have great need of being kept. He prays that we'll be kept in unity, verse 11, that we will be kept from evil, in verse 15, and that we thought of this morning that we will be kept in holiness, that sanctification will have its full course and full weight in our lives. And so now tonight, we are looking at the final two aspects of us being kept, and that is kept for the glory to be with Christ in verse 24, and then in verse 26, to be kept in His love. I want tonight, as we think about this, to be much in prayer that as Christ prayed for His own name to be glorified, that we will have part in that that His prayer to His Father would be answered through us so that we will not be spectators, but you and I will be engaged, purposefully engaged, in glorifying our Lord Jesus Christ with all of our being. Is that not the reason why we were created? Were we not saved for that purpose? Yes, brothers and sisters, we were save that we might honor Him, and that we would be kept in love after the pattern of the love that exists between the Father and the Son. So the first thought we leave with you tonight is taken from verse 24, that we would be kept for glory with Christ. Note what it says. He prays, Father, I will that they also whom Thou hast given Me be with Me where I am, that they may behold My glory which Thou hast given Me. For Thou lovest Me before the foundation of the world. Father, I will that they also whom Thou hast given Me will be with Me where I am. They may behold My glory. Is there a higher or more excellent expectation for the Christian than that one day we will be with Christ, partaking 
of His glory, which as Paul says, is far better. And of course, this life we have tasted and seen of the grace and the glory of Christ in our lives. And we are thankful for that. We rejoice in the rejoicing that Jesus prayed for His people. And we are thankful for the mercies and the blessings that we have in this world that is twisted and broken in many ways. And yet we are able to experience the grace of God and the glory of Christ in our Christian lives. And yet, the expectation that we have is that this life is not the conclusion for us. This life is but a stepping stone. This life is but a transition point when we will come at the end of this physical existence and we will lay our head down on the pillow of death and our spirit will be released from our bodies and we will be absent from the body to be forever with the Lord. I know that we also look with and anticipate that new body we will get when Christ comes back to this world again and He destroys all of His enemies and sets up His everlasting kingdom and we will have new bodies, spiritual bodies forever and forever to be with Him. And that stage will be so far better than the stage of what we experience now and here. Because at that time, we will be released from this present evil world. At that time, we will be released from all of the issues that cause us grief in our spirit and soul, all of the aspects whereby we see our own failures, and we will be able to worship our God unhindered by any of those things. We will be in the presence of our God to behold His glory forever and ever. That is our anticipation. Dear friends, when you are having a bad day, think on this truth that very soon we will be in the presence of the King of kings and of the Lord of lords, and we will bask in the glory of the Son of God. Has this unspeakable thought not propelled believers in every single age to keep on going in the face of very fierce persecution? Saints that have been led to the gallows or to the fire, facing a martyr's death, they have been able to sing and to speak peaceful words to their tormentors because they knew that in a matter of moments they would be in the presence of the King. They would be in the presence of their God. They would be released from all that this world could place upon them. How else can we explain this unhuman 
reaction. Apart from a heart that is filled with anticipation and a mind that is supported and energized by a faith that will soon give way to sight. The sight of heaven. The sight of glory. The sight of the One who has loved us with an everlasting love. This, believer, is our hope. This is our destiny. This is our eternal rest. And when all who have been saved by the sovereign grace and love of God reach that distant shore, we will exclaim with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our minds and strength, that it was worth it all. That whatever we had to face, whatever we had to go through, to behold Him who is glorious in holiness and fearful in praises, who hath done and who will continue to do His wonders for all eternity. All that the Father giveth me, Jesus said, shall come to me. That was our Lord's word in John 6.37. And now Jesus prays, I will that they whom Thou hast given to Me. Who is He talking about? He is talking about the covenant people that God the Father gave to the Son. Those for whom He bled and died. Those for whom He went to the cross to suffer. We are His redeemed people. And He said, I will, Father, that they also whom Thou hast given Me will be with Me where I am. This is the glory that Christ is praying for, for His people to be a part of. Did not John say, as we have read in the opening chapter, that we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, and what did John see? He saw the Son of Man. He saw the Son of God in person. He touched Him. He testifies in His epistle, we have handled of the Word of life. We know Him. He was not a phantom. He was not a spirit. He was the Son of Man. He was a human being. He was God, a very God and He was a man to be our Redeemer. And John touched Him as the other disciples did. And he witnessed His divine power. He witnessed the healing of Christ. He witnessed the power of the Lord in raising the dead. And he saw Him on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there he got a glimpse of the glory of the King of Kings. But my friends, all that was but a faint silhouette of the glory that shall be revealed 
in our Lord Jesus Christ. And what can we say but this resplendent glory of our Savior? We shall see and also bask in that light and in that glory. We will be partakers of it. How can we enter into that thought? But we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And what the Father gives to the Son, He also gives to His people. Then, we will be fully conformed to His image. Now, we are in the sanctifying process. Now we are in the fulfilling of that prayer that Jesus prayed in verse 17. Father, sanctify them through Thy truth, for Thy Word is truth. And believer, what can we say to these things apart from amazing grace? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. But until then, believer, because we are speaking of heaven and glory, we will press forward. We must press onward in our calling through temptation and trial, with joy and with sorrow, with pain and happiness, with upset that we go through, and with the blessed peace that God gives us until the day dawn and all shadows flee away when we shall be forever with the Lord. Amen. So let it be. This is our hope. And this, my dear brothers, is exactly the prayer that Jesus is praying in verse 24, that we will be kept in glory in heaven to behold our Lord Jesus Christ in all of His glory. And the second thought we have tonight is this, that we are kept in the love of God, kept in that love that was expressed between the Father and the Son. Verse 26, And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. A number of times in this chapter, our Savior prayed and He stated that the Word He had received from the Father, He has given to His people, and that they have kept that Word. Imperfectly, we have to admit, because we know in our own lives, in our process, in our steps in sanctification, but we are growing. We are becoming more like Him. And as God's grace works in all of our lives, the Word that Christ received from the Father, the Word that He has given to us, we are 
mirroring that word more completely. And it's fascinating to know also that this is fulfilled from what we are told in Hebrews chapter 1, that God hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. Everything that God the Father has to say to this world, He is saying it, He has said it through His only begotten Son. Christ Jesus is the incarnate Word, God that was made flesh, but we also have Him speaking the written Word to us in our hearts. And our Lord Jesus has prayed that the love wherewith Thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Love is the definition of our God. John tells us that God is love. And in this closing burden of prayer, our Savior is asking for a sublime request that the love that exists between the Father and the Son would be in, note this, it would be in His saved ones. But don't you ask the question, as I do, how how can this be? The love that exists in the eternal Godhead between the Father and the Son and the Spirit It is so high, it is so encompassing, it is so full, it is so all-embracing, so limitless, so selfless, so perfect. And yet, it is to be mirrored in us. This is a, a great marvel and a great wonder. And friends, the more that we delve into the depth and the detail of the prayer of our Lord, you will see the absolute full picture of what it is for a saved sinner to come to mirror the image of the Son of God. This is the prayer that Jesus has made on our behalf we must admit that however this is defined, the extent of it will only be possible in us by a faint resemblance. Yes, we are called to be holy as God is. We are called to love as the Father loves the Son. And so the love that flowed between the Godhead, it is to be that love that is seen in us. What was that like? How is that described? Could we try or begin to define it in these ways? It is a love that is without condition. 
I will love you if you will love me is a type of condition that we might put on a relationship. I will only love you if I can see evidence that you love me. That's conditional love. But the love that exists between the Father and the Son, it does not have any such condition. Christ prays that we will love God without any of these conditions. But Satan tries to convince us, and in his foolishness, he actually tried to convince God that his servant Job only feared him and by extension only loved him because of what he got from God. He only feared the Lord because the Lord gave him so much. He prospered him in his life. He only loved and feared Him because He gave Him a family and He gave Him children. He gave Him flocks and herds and He was the richest man of the East. And Satan pretends, or at least comes before the Lord, to make such a suggestion. It was a lie. But God allowed Job to be tested. And He allowed him to be tested so that both Satan and Job would see that Job's love for the Lord was not based on what he could get out of God. For after he had lost it all, and it was all gone, he still blessed the God of heaven who had given and who had taken away. That is the heart of a believer, a heart of someone who has been given divine grace and who's been given a love and a fear of the Almighty that is based without condition. And friend, the love that is in the Trinity, the love that Jesus is speaking about here, that is the description of the love that we are to have for our Lord in the first place, for His Word that He has revealed to us, so that we might bring glory and honor to Him, and therefore that we might have love one for another. It all comes into perspective, you know, when Jesus said to His disciples, by this shall all men know that you are My disciples, if you love one another. Because the love that they were to have for each other was not to be with conditions. That's so hard for us, you know. It is so very hard for us. And of our flesh and of ourselves, we will not be able to do this. It is only by God's grace poured into our lives. It is only by that Spirit of Christ in us that we will, we will have even an element of this seen in and through us. Could we pray to that end? Should we pray to that end? Most definitely. Because this is what Jesus is praying for us. And this 
is the will of God concerning us. And therefore, we should pray it. Perhaps another aspect of the love that was and is between the Father and the Son in the Trinity is that it was without any bias. The Father's love for His only begotten Son was without any prejudice. The love they shared was pure. It was real. It was uncomplicated. And so, friends, our love for God and for others is to reflect that same spirit and that same heart. Our unsaved days were filled with jealousies, filled with biases, filled with prejudice. And though it would not want to be admitted too freely, that's what our life was outside of Christ because that's part of our depravity. It's part of the natural makeup of all humanity. Full of biases, full of prejudice. But we know that in God, in the perfection of His being, none of those things exist. And so for us to think of what that would look like There was not even a hint or anything of that element between the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And so we, to follow His example, do well to pray, Lord, let my love for others and for Yourself be without any conditions attached. Let it be without any bias or prejudice but it was also without hypocrisy. There was no pretending. There is no pretending of such love in the Godhead. It was not put on to make an impression to a created world. No, not at all. And we must also be very, very careful and beware that We do not fall into the trap of trying to impress other people about how much we love God or how much we say we love His people. Because, you know, that sort of stuff is very hollow. And people see through it very quickly. They see through it in preachers and ministers. They see through it in their people. I mean, you have heard this saying before as well. I'm not going to that church because it's full of hypocrites. I'm not going to become a Christian because the Christians I know are phony people. They're false people. They're hypocritical people. The sad thing is that that accusation too often has stuck. Too often there is some warrant in that. But friends, if we have the love that Christ is speaking about here, and if we pray that into our own hearts, and we know it poured out by His mighty grace, then we will have that that love without any hypocrisy one toward another. Let Let that be something that we enjoy here, an ongoing sense of that in our own church. Let that be as it is between each one of us to have a genuine love without hypocrisy. 
It's something we have to pray about, isn't it? But there was also a love that did not have any suspicion. Yes, I know it's connected with the hypocrisy part. Sometimes we think, I I don't really feel that that believer really loves me because I don't feel loved. And if we don't feel that we're being loved, then perhaps we have a suspicion that there's not genuine love there. We have to guard against that because our feelings are so often up and down depending on our own present circumstances. And we can sense that because a believer, a fellow Christian, brother or sister, maybe they don't just say the thing that we expect them to say at that moment. Maybe they happen to be busy with their mind consumed and other things and they walk by us without saying hello or greeting us. There might be a hundred different reasons why we might suspect that they don't really love me. But friends, when we turn that around, how often have we been guilty of the very same thing that other people might assume of us, the very thing? So let us give, let us give distance to people. Let us give understanding and compassion and some length to that and not be suspicious of others because the Lord never had any suspicion that God the Father loved Him. Never did the Father have any doubts or suspicions that the Son loved Him. There was an eternal and everlasting love that is unending. And Christ desires that we will love Him and our Heavenly Father with pure hearts. And when His love flows to us, then we will love others He wills that we love Him with all our hearts and our neighbors as ourselves. This is a work of grace. And it has to be done in every true follower of the Lord. Yes, I know it seems at times we're on short supply. But as we submit ourselves to His Word and come and say, Lord, Make my heart willing. Mold my heart. Mold my mind. Mold my whole being that I will be submissive to the Holy Spirit's leading in and through the Word. That I will be seeing the constant application to our developing lives as we are growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Because We are being changed. We are being changed into His image. As 1 Corinthians chapter 3 speaks of, from grace to grace. I want to conclude the message today by showing you a a lengthier quote. That's why it's on the screen behind me. By J.C. Ryle as he was summarizing the last part of the Lord's Prayer here, listen to these words. This is a 
singularly beautiful and touching conclusion to our Lord's remarkable prayer. Full of sweet and unspeakable comfort, we do not see Christ now. We read of Him, believe in Him, and rest our souls in His finished work. But even the best of us, at our best, walk by faith and not by sight. And our poor, halting faith often makes us walk very feebly in the way to heaven. There shall be an end of all this state of things one day. We shall at length see Christ as He is, and know as we have been known. We shall behold Him face to face, and not through a glass darkly. We shall actually be in His presence and company, and go out no more. If faith has been pleasant, much more will sight be. And if hope has been sweet, much more will certainty be. No wonder that when St. Paul has written, we shall ever be with the Lord, he adds, comfort one another with these words. Yes, wise, timely, thoughtful words. And as we bring a conclusion to our short study of John 17, we have much to bring to the Lord on our knees, on our faces, in prayer to Him. And we know that there is one who is interceding for us in glory. He is in the heavens. Our Lord Jesus is interceding now. He is praying for us. And we will be brought safely to the conclusion. We'll be brought to the edge of the river of death. And we will be taken over. And we'll be in heaven with Him forever and forever. I wonder, friend, tonight, are you in Christ? Do you know Him? Have you tasted of the grace of our God? Because once you have experienced Him and tasted of Him, you will know that there is no life to be compared to it. And what we have here, faintly experiencing, yet when we get to glory, it will be forever and forever with Him. Let's bow please in prayer. Our Father, we humble ourselves, Lord, in that precious name of our Lord Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that this prayer would be multiplied abundantly, developed in all of us. Help us, Lord, for we need help. We cannot do this on our own. We have no might nor strength. And dear Lord, make us all, we pray, overcomers. For we are thankful we are living in the victory of our Lord. 
Help us, therefore, to continue each day. Hear our prayers, Father. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let's sing, please, a hymn in closing. Number 437. Loved with everlasting love. We'll stand to sing. forever, only His, who the Lord and me shall part. Ah, with what a rest of bliss Christ can fill the loving heart. For heaven and earth may fade and flee, firstborn light in gloom decline, but while God and I shall be, I am His and He is mine. Father, I pray tonight that we'll be parted in Your fear with Your blessing. Lord, we ask that we will be kept from falling and presented faultless before the presence of His glory 
with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Father, bless our fellowship after tonight. Help us to speak of the things of Christ. Receive our thanks for the food and the fellowship. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.